you might, you might look at this, this title and, and you might not know what it means, and that's kind of the point, um, is for the very first night of a new series, for you to not totally get what the series is, but through the course of the series, hopefully it makes more and more sense, and then when you see it, it, it reminds you of what we've been talking about here. So, um, this was one of those things that I was really excited about the year for, is getting into this particular series. And so uh, tonight, to get into it, I wanted to start with a story. Is that cool if we start with a story to, to jump into this? Okay. Um, I like stories. I like telling stories. So I have three sons, my three sons. Um, they're five, three, and one as far as their ages. That's not their names. Uh, so don't walk up to them and say, hey, are you five, three, or one? Um, so the five-year-old's named Cooper. He just started kindergarten this year. So he's third weekend of kindergarten. He's an official student. Um, I'll tell him you guys are encouraging him and clapping for him. Uh, our three-year-old's named Jetson, and we call him Jet for short, uh, which his name is fitting because if you've been around here for a while, you might have heard the birth story. He was born in a bathtub because we didn't make it to the hospital in time. Um, so my wife literally like delivered the baby herself while I'm on the phone with 911. It's a whole story. Well, I'm not going to get into it right now, but he came out so fast, so he, it really works that his name's Jet. Um, and so he's starting uh, his second year of pre-K tomorrow, so that's exciting. And then our youngest, our little wee one, is named Everest. He's one years old. He just started walking, uh, so he's getting into things now, so that's fun. So here's... Here, here's, um, here's how I wanted to jump in. So the reason I'm telling you about my, my sons, my, my boys, is, number one, I love them and I like to talk about them. But number two is, what, I want to imagine something. Uh, kind of, it's not actually true, but what if it was true? I, I think it's fun to imagine things that aren't necessarily the case, but then what if it really was? Do you ever do that, like what if kind of things? So that's what we're going to do together is a what if. So what if me, as Cooper and Jets and Everest's dad, I decided, okay, chocolate is disgusting and it's bad, and I don't like it, and so I don't want my boys to like it, so I'm going to tell them and raise them to believe that chocolate is poop. Now follow me on this, okay? Follow me on this. Chocolate and poop share a few things in the fact that they're colored the same, right? They're both brown. They're both brown. Chocolate can get like melted down and and molded to look like poop, right? So now if you're a kid and you're growing up, now follow with me, okay? I'm not going to talk about poop all night, I promise. Um, I apologize to whoever got M&Ms tonight, okay? Um, But if you're a kid and you're growing up and you hear from your parent that chocolate is poop and You've, you've experienced what poop is because you've gone to the bathroom before, so you know what that is, and then you see chocolate. Maybe not that fancy of chocolate, but if you saw chocolate, you would probably believe it, right? If you're a kid and that's all you know is what your parents tell you. Now, I know you guys are older, and I know you might have forgotten this, but when you're young, like, you actually believe what your parents tell you, Okay? So when I tell Cooper and Jetson and Everest things, they are like, okay, Daddy, yes, that's true. I'm sure whatever you just said is absolutely accurate. Um, And it always is. So if I were to be telling them that chocolate is the same thing you flush down the toilet, they are 
going to believe it. And then that's going to affect them growing up. Would you agree? So if they see somebody eating those M&Ms and that chocolate over their face, are they going to be grossed out or what? They're going to be like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? You are disgusting. And then if they walked up and somebody's trying to be nice to them, you know, they walk up in the candy store and somebody's trying to be nice. Hey, you want a little sample of chocolate? They're probably going to run from them and think they're a terrible person because they just offered them poop. That's what they're going to think. Because they've been raised to believe that chocolate is poop because they have a terrible father. So what if this is what I did in raising my kids? I told them this story, this thing about chocolate, that it is this other thing. So they believe this to be true their whole life. And then eventually you're going to get to that one day, right? That one moment where they somehow take a bite of chocolate or have chocolate in some kind of dessert or something. And they're going to be like, oh, what is this? This is delicious. It's like the nectar of the gods. What is this? And somebody's going to be like, oh, well, that's chocolate. Their mind might blow up when they realize that chocolate isn't poop and it actually tastes good. Either that or they're going to go try to get something out of the toilet. and then, We're not going to go there. But we're not going to go there. They wouldn't do that. They would, they would logically, they would be old enough to realize that that. No, chocolate is actually not poop. Those are two separate things. And you can tell for a lot of different reasons, like smell and other things. And so at some point, they're going to have this realization, right, that my dad has lied to me my whole life, and it changes my entire view on chocolate, dessert, and and even my dad, right? It changes things. When you find out something that you thought was true is actually not true anymore. Would you agree with that? Like, have you ever had something like that happen before? Like, I've done this before at dinner, where I thought I ordered a Coke, and then I go to drink it, and it's tea, and I'm, like, shocked at first. I'm like, ooh. And then once I realize, oh, well, it's just tea, it's fine. But I was expecting something else, so it's like my brain tricked itself. And so once I realized that it's not what I thought it really was, then, then I'm all right. But I think all of us have moments like this where we thought one thing was true this whole time and then we find out something else that's a part of this story or it's part of this equation and it changes your whole view on it, right? It changes what you think about it or think how you think about that person or how you process uh, the feelings that you have associated with it. You know what I mean? So this is, in essence, kind of what happens to us. Not that you've been told that chocolate's poop your whole life, but that you've been told and experienced other things, and they're true. Just like chocolate and the other stuff have some similarities, right? But it's not true that they're the same thing. Well, we have a similar story in the fact that we have experienced and been told, maybe actually told, like the words have been said to us, or we've just experienced in life, that our life ultimately is going to be full of disappointments and it's going to be full of failures and it's going to be full of moments of happiness, but it won't really last. 
And we're going to get stuff, and it's going to make us happy for a, a little while, maybe at a birthday or Christmas, but then that's going to fade, and you're, you're going to want something else because that happiness, that joy doesn't really last. Like, that's what we start to realize about life. Have you already started picking up on this as 6th, 7th, and 8th graders? Like, none of this stuff really lasts. Some of those things you saw in the video we played just a second ago. Like, even love to a degree. You might experience it from a friend or from somebody, and it's like, it lasts for a while, but then something happens. Like, you get, it, you get in a fight or disagreement or something. And then it's like, you don't like each other. You hate each other now. It's like you fight all the time. And so relationships breaking. Sometimes parents getting divorced. Sometimes best friends no longer speaking to each other. Sometimes social media wars. Sometimes whatever it is, these things happen. And so we start to see this kind of cycle in our life that tells this one story. And it's kind of pointing us to this bigger thing of we just don't have like a whole lot of hope in life. Like ultimately, like we get this, these glimpses of hope and we get these glimpses of fun, good things and, and things that, are, that, that give us these good feelings inside, right? And we experience glimpses of love and we see glimpses of people being actually nice human beings to each other sometimes, but when we see these other things that happen that, like, counteract all that stuff, it's like, dude, life is hard, man, and it's not always fun. And, like, when I really stop and think about it, it's kind of depressing. Now, I hope you don't, like, sit in that all the time. Um, I hope you're not constantly thinking about all the negative, but if you let yourself, you can sit and think about it, and there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that lets us down. There's a lot of stuff that, like, leaves us hanging. There's a lot of stuff that maybe keeps us from feeling anything that's real. And so we talked a little bit last week about what maybe some of that is and how part of what we do here on Tuesday nights, this revolution that we're talking about, that we're a part of, when we say join the middle school revolution, what is that? Well, it, it's about finding God ultimately. It's like, well, why do, we want, why do we want to find God? Well, because these things, this story, these experiences we've had in our life that are true. Like it is true that life can be depressing. It is true that sometimes you can feel alone and it's, and it's accurate. It is true that people will let you down. It is true that you will experience heartache. It is true that happiness only lasts so long. All those things are true. There's just something that we sometimes leave out of that. Because that is true, but it's not the whole truth. You know what I mean? It's like knowing a part of a story, but not the whole story. And so this series is all about learning more about what this whole story is. Because there's these beautiful words that show up in the Bible. Multiple times they show up, and there's a particular part we're going to look at tonight. But there's these words that show up that are counteracting everything else that we know about this story that's true about this story, right? The hopelessness, the loneliness, the depression, the, the lack of joy, the lack of peace— so those, if those things are true, there's these two words that counteract those things, and they're this. But God. 
Now, whenever you see or hear that phrase, not, not even involving God, let's just say but, right? If you just say, hey, you know what? Um, you know, I love basketball. You know, I play it all of the time. And then I say, but, what's coming? <laughs> I heard somebody say that I, I won't use the word they said, but stink. I stink. And that would be pretty accurate, okay? So, if you say, but, in a sentence, after you've just said something before it, it means what's coming after it is about to be contrary to what you just saw. You know what I'm saying? So I just said positive things. I really love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. It's so awesome. It's so fun. But now you know something negative is about to come, right? Because I said a bunch of positive. Well, I just said a bunch of negative about life, right? Hopelessness, loneliness, lack of joy, lack of peace. These are not fun, happy things. But so whatever's about to come next is contrary to all the things that we've known before it. And I love that that phrase is in the Bible because it's true for us. Just as much as all this other stuff is true, that we are hopeless, that we don't have, we don't have this joy that lasts forever, that we're not even good just unto ourselves. Like, we can be good for moments, and then, you know, there's moments we're not so good, you know? We kind of mess up, we kind of do some things that are maybe selfish, maybe not the best, maybe it's, it's something that's going to hurt somebody else. Like, all that stuff's true, but God. And so for us, in here on Tuesday nights, that's going to always be true, and that's going to always be a phrase that we kind of come back to throughout the year. When you get into your schools, and I know you're already in them, but as you're going into your schools and you're continuing to go through the year, and you start to get into some maybe tough situations with your friends— you maybe are presented with some choices that you've never had to, to make before. You've had some freedom that you've never had before, and you're not sure how to deal with it. You're not sure what to do with it. And you see maybe what some other people have done with that decision and that freedom, and you know it's ended badly, like it hasn't been a good choice. It hasn't led to anything good. It hasn't led to life. As you're experiencing those things, and maybe experiencing failures in those things, maybe experiencing consequences of those things, we want you to be able to go into middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and know that that's going to happen if you just rely on you. If you just trust in yourself, if you just rely on your skills and your knowledge, you're going to fail. I'm going to fail. Your leaders are going to We're all going to mess up when we do that. And we see examples of that all the time. People just trusting in themselves, relying on themselves. The problem is we can't trust ourselves. you know? We can't really rely on ourselves. Because do we mess up? Anybody in the house mess up? Let's say a show of hands, people who mess up. Every single person's hand should be up in the air right now. If your hand's not up, you can put your hand up now because you're a liar. <laughs> okay. All right, put them down. So, so the point right there was, we all mess up. So if we all mess up, we, how can we trust us? We can't. We can only trust someone who doesn't mess up. The only one who doesn't mess up is God. He's the only one who doesn't mess up. He's the only one who's never messed up. He's the only one who's never going to mess up. That's why he's God. 
And so for us to know that, man, we mess up, man, we have all these issues, man, all this negative, but God, he changes all that. He takes all of that. He takes all that messed up mess that we make, and he somehow, through the miracle of his love and his grace and his mercy, he turns it into something beautiful in our life. And so you in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade can start to see some amazing, miraculous things in your life and in your friends' lives because they get to see God doing it in your life and then God does something in their life and then God does something in that friend's life and it's just whole trickle-down effect where we start to all realize that, man, life is messed up, but God has fixed it. He has made a way for it to not be that way anymore. It's the completion of the story. It's the rest of the story we need to know to really be the people that we were made to be. When you were born, however many years ago you were born, this is who you were meant to be, the person that realizes that, yes, there's life, yes, there's all these negative things in it, but God. And so the verses that we're going to kind of hone in on for this series, and specifically for tonight— It's Ephesians chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, you can look at it. If you don't, it's going to pop up on the screen. We're going to look at verses 4 through 7, okay? So just follow along with me as I read this, okay? What are the first two words you see? But God. But God, because of his great love for us, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So we see this phrase at the very beginning, but God. And we're going to get into the verses that happened before that, but he's... The writer's basically summing up us. We've all messed up. We've all done dumb stuff. We've all sinned, which is fallen short of what God's asked us to be and made us to be. We've all done that. That's us. That's all of our story. And sin ultimately leads us to death. Sin ultimately messes up the way we view life. Sin ultimately messes up the way we interact with each other. Sin ultimately keeps us from experiencing joy. Sin ultimately keeps us from experiencing God. It's what messed up Adam and Eve, like we talked about last week. It's what broke that relationship in the first place. But God loves us. Did you see that as kind of a theme there? God loves us. He's kind to us. Even though we're not kind a lot of times. Even though we're not loving a lot of times. God is always loving. He's always kind to us. And he's giving us this love. And he's giving us this kindness. Like he's just giving it to us all the time. Have you all noticed that when you're not kind and not loving to people, they tend to not give you stuff? Have you noticed that? Like, or, or they might give you stuff, but it's not stuff you want, you know? Like, they might give you, a, like, cuss words, or they might give you, you know, like the thing we were talking about earlier, you know, like a bag of poop or something. You know, they, they don't give you good things when you're mean to people. 
when you don't listen to what they are saying, when, when you're disrespectful to them, you know, when you're not loving towards them, when you're not accepting of them, they tend to not give you good things. But again, we can't trust us, right? Can people really put all their trust in people? We, we can't, man. Just think about your life for a second. You know you can't. None of us can ultimately trust in people. We can only trust in God, and that makes sense when you read verses like this, because it says even though we do these bad things, we forget who God made us to be in the first place, and we, we're selfish sometimes. We act as if God doesn't exist sometimes. Sometimes we even say he straight up doesn't. Even those of us that would call ourselves Selves atheist in the room. God is still loving us. He's still offering us his love. He's still giving us his kindness. How does he do all that? Well, because he's God. He can. He's the only one who can. And he did it through this guy named Jesus. And you're going to hear us talk about him all year. So if you're like, man, I like, that's a cool name. Good. You're going to hear it a lot this year. Jesus is the key to the story. He's the key to your story being the complete story. Not just taking the first half of it that's really depressing and, and dark and sad. He's the key to you unlocking that but God fixing and completing your story. He unlocks all of that for us. Because embodied in Him is God's grace, is God's love. In him, we are made right again. All the messed up stuff we have, the way we're, we can't trust ourselves, in Jesus, we can. Because of Jesus, we can. And so we have to, as middle schoolers, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, start to put our hope in him, our trust in him, and look to him when we're going through the tough things that happen in middle school. When you're in your lunchroom, when you're in your fourth period, when you're waiting for your bus, when you're at home and your parents are fighting, when you're having a really hard time with your best friend, when you're crushing on a guy or girl and they're just not reciprocating, when you're, you're trying to, to creep on somebody on social media, whatever the thing is going on in your life, when you actually put your hope and your trust in Jesus, you can actually start to see what life is really meant to be and who you're really meant to be and start to experience this love that he has for you, that he constantly is offering you. So right where you're at, I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to sit and think about this simple but profoundly life-changing truth that you and I are really messed up people, but God makes us his children. But God loves us. He loves us anyway. And he's offering you that love tonight. He's offering it to you tomorrow. He's offering it to you every single day. But the first step in in accepting that love and, and experiencing that love is accepting Jesus. The Bible calls this being born again. Sometimes in the church world you hear it called being saved. Because you're being saved from your sin. You're being saved from yourself. And so if there's anybody in here who's never done that, you've never taken that first step of just accepting Jesus, accepting his love for you, I want to give you that chance tonight. You can 
do it right in your seat. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go say some magical word-for-word prayer. God just says, if you call on my name, you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you'll be saved. However you want to say that to God. So if you're like, man, I have no idea what, what, how, to, how to do that or what to say there, I'll give you some words. If you want to say the words I say, go for it. If you want to say your own words to God, go for that. And then the rest of us in the room, I want you to just meditate and think on the fact that God is offering you his love and his grace no matter what you did today, no matter what you did yesterday, no matter what you're going to do tomorrow, and just thank him for that. While the rest of us who haven't taken that step before take that step. So if you never accepted Jesus before, just pray something like this to God. God, I want the rest of this truth, this story about my life. I want this love, this kindness that we just read about, that we're talking about. I've definitely experienced that life can be depressing and there's a lot of downs in it, a lot of negatives in it, God, and I want to experience the the thing that you made me for. I want to experience that relationship with you. I want to experience that love and that grace that I can only really find in you that lasts. So God, I accept Jesus and I, I want to figure out what it means to know him and to follow him. So if you want to say anything else to God in that, you can and then you can sum it up with an amen. For the rest of us in here, we're going to take just, just a little bit of time to just worship God for this awesome truth. That we, we don't have to just believe the first part of the story anymore. We don't have to just believe all the negative about the world, about the sin. We don't have to just sit in that anymore because God has changed it. God has done something about it. God has conquered it. God has given us something different in place of it. He has given us Jesus. So God, we want to worship you right now in the name of Jesus, because of Jesus. In the face of your love and your grace, God, we thank you can't thank you enough for the phrase, but God, because you have changed our story. You have brought us from death to life. You have given us hope in the midst of hopelessness, and you call us your kids as you give us Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.